This message is for the guys out there. While I believe in seeking discomfort in a lot of areas of life, there are certain ones where I'll never sacrifice comfort. And that's why I wear Undergoods. Undergoods is a Dubai-based homegrown brand of ridiculously comfortable underwear. It was started by two great guys who were sick of paying for overexpensive, uncomfortable, and low-quality underwear. I've been wearing it for both my runs and for my workdays, and I absolutely love them. They're insanely soft, they're sustainable, and they come in three different fits. Fitted, long-fitted, and relaxed. I also got some of the limited edition prints, which are super cool. So go check them out. Go to undergoods.com and use discount code foreverstudent for 20% off. That's undergoods spelled U-N-D-R, under without the E, and then G-O-O-D-S. Now with further ado, enjoy the episode with Kirk Miller. We all struggle with accountability, following through, and creating impactful habits for lasting change. Self-improvement is never easy, and that's why I brought Kirk Miller onto the show today. The passion this man has for pushing you, inspiring you, challenging you is next level. If you're ready to start implementing powerful changes in your life today, this is the episode for you. Kirk helps people get in the best mental and physical shape of their lives through a combination of different methods. He's faced massive challenges in his life and has overcome them. He's here to tell you that you can overcome anything that life throws at you. We've got some real actionable insights that you can take away from this episode. I would even suggest taking notes. Enjoy. Kirk, welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you for having me, my friend. It's honestly a pleasure. We met a week ago or so for the first time, got introduced by a mutual friend, mm -hmm. and we spoke for probably two hours. I wish we recorded <laughs> I wish we recorded that and just published that episode. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and, and what it is you do now, and, I mean, just take the floor. Yeah, look, my name is Kirk Miller. I say I recently... Uh, relocated to here in Dubai uh, about a year ago now. Uh, but shooting straight from the hip, what I do, I get business leaders, entrepreneurs in the best physical mental shape of their life and, and, and help them live with unwavering confidence they never thought possible. Basically, I have an online business where I help some of the most successful people in the world look great, feel great, more importantly, improve the quality of relationship with themselves, you know, help them live with confidence internally and externally. You know, this isn't a job to me, Stefan. This is a mission, do you understand? Um, and as we'll elaborate on today, and hopefully I will explain as, as concisely and clearly as possible, you know, I understand the exact reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing, which is so important. And I think when we sat over a week ago now, I mean, the, the conversation, it, was, it felt like 10 minutes, but it was like two hours because we're both, just both so passionate about how can we improve how people feel about themselves and I suppose this ties in with my my own personal sort of why to help people become the person they are truly capable of. You know, that's what I do deep down. I mean, people may look at my website and my social media. Go, hey, oh, he's just another transformation specialist. And they see the, the fat loss of my 40, 50, 60 year old businessmen. But that's just the external presentation of a hell of a lot of work that goes into helping someone control how they feel about themselves, understand their story, really shift identity and control their habits 
to just help them live with more emotional control, you know, and really bring the best of who they are. You know, that's that's what I'm passionate about, mate. You know, and obviously, we'll, as we'll impact today, you know, there's, there's fundamental reasons for that that sh shape all the way back from my, my story, yeah. you know, from the, hum the humble beginnings I, I certainly started from, you know. And I think it always sort of stems from not necessarily childhood, right? But yeah. like it stems from experiences in life, like mm -hmm. things that we have gone through yeah. uh, are the reason that we are doing what we are doing today. 100%. Um, these might be good experiences or bad experiences yeah. or, or just glimpses of things that we were like, oh, that's yeah, like, that's us or that's yeah. me. Yeah. And so obviously we've gone through this last time we spoke, but yeah. could you talk a bit about about your upbringing yeah. and and I think just for the listeners like everything will start really tying yeah. in uh tying in together in a beautiful way 100% especially with like you know the three pillars like you know the, the three outcomes that we want to deliver for all of our clients and not just clients you know even even if you're listening to this you know my intention for today is if if I can even leave you with one tip or one little light bulb moment that you know you can implement uh to help maybe you think differently or even a certain tip that's going to help you create a habit that might start improving your physical health how you physically want to look or maybe something to be your confidence you know it's that, that, that that's what i'm so passionate about because you know as as you've just said stefan you know i've i may help people look a certain way feel a certain way right and, and develop confidence and as you see with my transformations they're they're phenomenal i've been in shape now my whole life but I also know what it's like to look great, be, be emotionally fragile and a lack of confidence let me down at pivotal moments in my life. So just going back to my, you know, these pivotal moments, which you just shared, because I totally agree with you. Usually the things we're really interested in now, and maybe ask yourself this as a listener, right? Usually the things that we are fascinated by or with the areas that we wanted to master and become, you know, exceptional at is usually from a place of pain or one of these pivotal moments because we want, they want to explore how can we help prevent people or provide a solution for that pain that at some point we, we were just desperate for help with. And I know that definitely ties in with me because, you know, my first sort of childhood memory, which wasn't part of the script, you know, as they say, uh, and it's weird how you remember these things, Stefan, you know, you, you got all these so many years of childhood and teenage years, but you only remember distinctly certain moments. And my first one was the age of three. I remember waking up in in bed and my, my background i come from a very poor council estate in coventry for those of you listening who may be not from the uk that's like a central part of the uk it's not necessarily an affluent place i mean my parents were anything but that but very proud upbringing you know my parents were hard working they both left home at 16 you know, both had troubled upbringings themselves um so it was like a poor council estate in coventry and i remember waking up in my, in my bed in in coventry and i couldn't move my legs it was really weird. You know, even now I've got a vision of me in a bed, like, and saying, Mom, I can't move my legs. How old were you? Three. Like, you know, just as a kid, I, I, maybe they might not have been the exact words, but I know I've had this vision of exactly, I can picture the bed, you know, there's two drawers under the bed, you know, and I couldn't move my legs. And what we found out was I had a weird form of arthritis, you know, is that, that basically really impacted my knees in particular, you know? So I remember from the age of three to six, I was pretty much in and out of this thing called like plaster and parish. I think it's, don't even use it now, but it, it was like a little forest gum. I remember being like a forest gum, you know, you'd be, you'd go to the hospital, you'd be in this plaster and parish, you'd be struggling to walk. 
and then you'd get strong again and then it kept happening. So from the age of three to six, I had a lot of knee issues related to this. And then the next pivotal moment, six, I remember being in this, this room and there's a Polish specialist with glasses and he knew a lot of football. He, he knew like, I was obsessed with Manchester United when they were good. Right? <laughs> and um, I remember being told by this specialist with my mum sat next to me, oh, all you're going to be able to do is swim because of your knees, you know, it's low impact. He knew all of football and I, I hated swimming. You know, I, it was just one of those things, even when I went swimming lessons, it, it just wasn't my thing, you know? And even though I didn't realize it at the time, I remember breaking down in tears, but in my mind, I remember like internally said, like, I'll, I'll prove him wrong. I'll prove him wrong, which looking back, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? And, and there's usually a positive to, to most of these moments. And I decided in that moment, I'll prove him wrong. And looking back, that was, that was a phenomenal uh, thing that the guy said to me because that shaped my mindset from that point, my winning mentality of like not never giving up, ignoring, you know, people who say you can't do something. And I remember a year later, Stefan, like winning a 400 meter race by hundred meters. And I've still got a picture. My actually WhatsApp picture, actually, that you probably might have been thinking like, who's that little skinny little boy, you know, in a, in a, in a pair of like cycling pants and like pumps. And I won by a hundred meters. And, and it wasn't, I'm not saying that from an egotistical point of view, but it just reminds me even to date, the strength you have that even if someone says you can't do something, you know, if you ever have little wobbles yourself sometimes, or, you know, we're both trying to pursue great things, you know, personally, professionally, as, as we shared, I'm sure everyone listened to this. You, you've got aspirations to do certain things that reminds me, you know, that I'm capable of anything, you know, no matter what, what someone says to you or when that self doubt creeps in. And, and from that moment, uh, Stefan, from the age of six to 16, uh, you know, I was that, that, that kid at school that pretty much, you know, won every, uh, won every race, athletics, cross country. I was captain of every football team. Um, you know, I remember from the age of six to 16, I probably lost two races in 10 years to anyone my own age, whether it would be athletics or cross country. And it wasn't necessarily training for these things. It was because obviously I played a lot of football. I ran so much, but I actually think a lot of the time, I remember certain races during that period of literally, you know, you might not necessarily pre prepare for a certain race, but you've got country race. And it was just sheer mindset of like, once I get in front, no one's going to catch me. So, it, but it was shaped from that conversation of six of like, you know, I, I, I sort of, you know, I'm going to prove him wrong. And um, yeah, I got picked up by Coventry at the age of 10, right, as a footballer, right? Doing that thing that that specialist said I couldn't do. All right. So I'd say life, my childhood from a sporting perspective, especially, and maybe academic as well, because my parents are very strict with me and things, um, was smooth. You know, like my, 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 my target, my dream from putting that Manchester United kit on was to be a, a professional footballer for Manchester United. You know, I was obsessed. I was the guy that watched every game, you know, my dad, my brother, et cetera. And, you know, how this sort of ties into, again, I'll try and keep this concisely because I mean, you could probably talk for hours just about this alone, but at the age of 10, I get picked up by Coventry, okay? And, you know, things are going great. And then at the age of 13, and I suppose this is the real, I suppose this is the actual real, real reason of why I do what I do. And as you shared at the start, you know, getting people in the best physical, mental shape of their life. At the age of 13, right? I had that dream presented in the palm of my hand in the form of a Manchester United's chief scout calling my dad. I remember, I, I remember exactly now I can picture it, right? I mean, me and my brother had bunk beds, you know, and, and I remember I just played a, a preseason tournament, you know, for Coventry in Keel, in a place called Stoke. So it was near Coventry. 
And um, there was lots of great football teams at Arsenal, Manchester United. And I played out my skin, Stefan. You know, I was one of the best players there. And, and my, I remember my dad waking me up and he's, he's writing on, he's on a phone, he's writing a piece of paper, Manchester United scout. Right, you know, and I'm like, what? I'm half asleep, you know? And they come off the call and long story short, mate, they, they, they basically wanted me to go and sign schoolboy forms at the end of the season because I was 13 at the time. But uh, for those not familiar with the way the, the system worked as a footballer at the time, Basically, you sign schoolboy forms from the age of 14 to 16, which ties you into a club for two years. Then after that, you're then trying to obviously get to the next contract, which is either a young apprenticeship contract, a YTS or whatever they called it back then. I'm not sure what it is now. Or you sign as a professional from the age of 17. Um, so I, I, I basically have two options. Manchester United have offered me a schoolboy form, right, which is not guaranteed professional, but I have the chance for two years to move up to Manchester, play for my boyhood dream club, I'm absolutely obsessed with this. Is where Manchester United with the best club in the world, Alex Ferguson. Picture the environment. You got your Roy Keane, Cantona, Beckham. You know they were environment perspective. You how can you not fail to get better if you go in that environment? All right, you know you might not make it, right? But but as I come on to, that would have been the best decision at that time for me to do. No, my my crate, my my characteristic traits now. Or Coventry found out that Manchester United called me. Gordon Strachan, for those of you familiar with football, this was an ex-Scotland international, one of the a fantastic footballers, achieved lots, he won championship medals and all this stuff. He turns up at the training ground and I've been trying to keep it quiet that Manchester United have called me. And um, he says, look, we know Manchester United have called you, um, but we want to offer you, offer you a professional contract. So picture this thing, I'm 13, right? Never in the history of the football club had anyone been offered a professional contract. So I knew four years later, Stefan, my dream, originally, I've been a professional footballer, 13, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteed if I take this option and turn down Manchester United. So basically, I have two options. And I think this is where me and Stefan, when we spoke, we, we are so aligned of like, the comfortable option doesn't work out mm. too well for us, right? And it generally doesn't work out for a lot of people, but definitely me. So safe option, sign for Coventry. Um, I'm guaranteed professional football. So I've got no stresses. Three years at school, three, four years at school. I don't want to leave school in professional football or I take the, the un, unsafe option. You know, the, the, I might not make it. So I choose the safe option. Um, sign for Coventry. Um, again, fast tracking. That so-called safe option, seven years later, uh, I failed and got released by Gary McAllister, another fantastic ex-Scotland international captain, achieved so much in the game. At the age of 19 slash 20, I can't remember the exact, I get told I'm not good enough. So that safe option, or so I thought at that time, was no safe option. I, I failed anyway. Um, and, and I suppose for me, that was the first lesson in life. That was the first lesson in life that, um, you, you know, the, the, the safe option is never as safe as it seems. There is no guaranteed outcome with anything. Okay. And when when I then got released by Coventry at the age of 20, Stefan. That there was many, that there was multiple impacts of that, that moment. Okay. Um, but a large part of it tied into identity. And this is why I'm, I'm so passionate about, um, you know, really expanding someone's identity as well as shifting someone's body fat. All right. Because if you haven't shifted identity, you will never sustain, you know, that, 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 that consistency in the first place. What do you mean by shifting identity? So basically I'd attached my whole identity to being a footballer, Stefan, you know, so from the age of me being able to talk, walk, kick a football about, right. And certainly during those years where I'm playing football and certainly during those years where I'm, I'm actually a Coventry player and a young professional from the age of 17 to 20, 
I'd attach my whole identity uh, to who I would describe myself and how I saw myself. So if you were to ask me during that period, um, especially from the age of like 17 to 20, who are you as a person? I'm a footballer. No, 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 no. Deep down, it was what I did, not who I was, right? So at the age of 20, when you've attached your whole identity to being a footballer and then that's took away and you've got this vehicle, this profession, this thing that you're doing for 30, 40, 50 hours a week, right? Mentally and physically, and that's took away and it's meeting your needs. Boom, then it's gone. What do you do? Quick question on that. Like if someone is listening to this and they can relate in the sense of, you know, cool, I'm a marketeer or yep. I'm a salesperson, or I'm a this or I'm a that. And, and that's how they identify it. Mm -hmm. What are the, I don't want to say what is the right way to answer that question mm -hmm. when someone asks you, who are you? Mm -hmm. But like, what are the alternatives to, to answer those questions? Um, in terms of, I think first and foremost, I think, say for example, um, if you're attaching a large part of your identity um, or status, et cetera, in, with, with, with what you actually do, I think you need to address first and foremost, like if you're a little bit worried that like, everything about who you are is what you do, you need to really strip back, why am I doing what I do? You know, why am I actually doing what I'm doing? You the know? mission. Yeah, why am I actually doing what I'm doing? So if you're listening to this, whatever you're doing right now, and maybe if this might have not hit a nerve, but maybe sort of- Confused you. Yeah, exactly. Um, ask yourself, why are you doing what you do? Because there would have been an emotional reason of why you do what you do, right? Is it because you're passionate about that thing? You know, it helps you help other people or it's aligned to your values, but why are you doing what you do? Yeah, and I see this all the time where it's, you have people who work for a company, mm -hmm. right? For 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. and they associate themselves with that company, mm. right? And and that's where it gets a little bit tricky. I always talk about it, and we spoke about this as well. Like, I always talk about attachment. Mm. Like, I always, I always have this thing about like, okay, if something is taken away from you, yeah. or if everything yeah. is taken away yeah. from you, right? Like for you, yeah. if football's taken away from mm -hmm. you, are you gonna, one, are you gonna be okay? Yeah. And two, like, what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and those are very tough questions to ask people. And obviously, you can go in depth about what if your phone's taken away? What if your laptop's taken away? Yeah. What if your, you know, your yeah. family's taken away? Like, yeah. are you going to be okay? But specifically in this example that you were talking about, like this identity shift. Yeah. How did you then go about the transition? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose just to sorry, just to talk about that yeah. speaking again because I thought I find this fascinating. Okay, is. Um, I think a real harsh reality of, of whether or not you are truly happy with yourself is even if you've got your own business or you work for a huge company, if that was took away, or for example, I have my own business now. Okay. I love what I do. But if, if that was took away, like you say, would I be okay? Okay. And I think if this is, I know we spoke before and I know I will elaborate on this of like, you said like Kirk, you know, why, why is it important you get, people in the best physical mental shape of their life and live with confidence, why that's so important in my opinion, because if something or someone is took away from you, you're going to be okay. You are, you are at peace with yourself and your conversation. So even if, for example, my, my business, for whatever reason, uh, one, it, it, it just went wrong or I just fancy doing something else. If you are congruent with who you are and you're in control of your mind and you're happy with, you know, what you see physically and your, your emotions, then you're always going to find another thing to do if you are you understand yourself on a deeper level do you understand so and so with football or whatever it is um you know i think it is so dangerous to attach your identity to what you do now don't get me wrong obviously a great place to be is if you live into your values and 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 
you are making a living from the thing you value most, you know, in terms of helping others and making money, it's such a fantastic. Um, but, but as we'll talk about, it's so important to first master you first as, as before you can master a business. So after 20, mate, like, I'm thinking, what do I do? Yeah. And I chose, that was, this is the second lesson in my life of taking the safe option. So at the age of 13, first lesson, take the safe option and fail seven years later. Okay. Did you learn from that immediately? Um, no, 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 I didn't. Absolutely or not. Or not even immediately. Like, like when you got let go from Coventry, yeah. was there something in your head about like, oh, I should have gone to United? Um, yeah. And I, and I'm, I, I, and this is, this is where again, being really transparent, there's no judgment. Anyone listen to this. If you have a look at my stuff now, oh God, he's got six pack, great business. Oh, he's got it all figured out. I, I still, I was still in great shape there and stuff. And at the, the age, at the age of 20, Stefan, I absolutely d didn't know what to do. And that was the first time my life got told I wasn't good enough. Mm. First time I faced rejection and I folded because after that, right, I'm still, I remember my, the gym was my security blanket. I was playing a little bit of semi-pro football for the next five, six years. But that was just purely for a bit extra money, to be honest, because I was working as a plumber and people say, oh, you're a plumber, gas engineer, you ain't, you, you know, you earn great money. Not if you're passionate about it and you're only doing just enough to get, get, get paid your bills, et cetera. You and know? the reason that you went into this, because for me, it's always, it's always quite interesting. The reason you went into becoming a plumber mm -hmm. was, was, it was what? safe. It was safe because every, and, and was it influenced by like, other people, by other people, 100%. Right? And, and it, it was like, okay, cool. Like everyone is telling me to do this. Yep. It's probably the best move to do. Yeah, exactly. 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 That basically everyone said, oh, it's, it's safe. You'll always be able to pay your bills. It's like, it, it's a scarcity mindset. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's very much, um, you know, it's based on other people's beliefs yeah. about what you should do. And, oh, a job's just a job to pay the bills and, you know, do maybe have a few nice holidays <laughs> a year and all this stuff, you know, but, um, it wasn't my purpose with the greatest respect. I've got friends who are phenomenal, got phenomenal businesses in gas and plumbing industry. But when you're not passionate about what you do, you, you'll never excel. And, and, and during that next five, six years, Stefan, when, when you are doing something that you don't like to do and you know it isn't aligned to your values and you're getting no real sense of accomplishment and it's not meeting your needs, you know, and this might, I might, maybe it might be a separate episode talking about human needs, but um, it's not meeting your needs. You're going to find a way to meet those needs in, in destructive mm. short-term ways, which I did. So even though I'm picture the scene, I'm the guy in the gym, still look very similar to what I do now, right? The only way I was really getting true fulfillment during that, that period or significance, right? And uh, for me, uh, external validation, which I needed at that time because I was so insecure, uh, was in the gym, right? But what I did on a day-to-day -day basis was not fulfilling me. So come the weekend, I'm living for the weekend, um, destructive behavior and drink and worse, uh, binge in destructive relationships. Everything was short-term, you know, quick fix, fix, quick fix. And you're relying on even like getting my ass kissed in the gym, you know, multiple times a week to make me feel good because I wasn't happy with myself. And that's why there's no judgment. If you're currently looking at me, going, oh yeah, but you, it's all, you're great. You're in great physical shape. No, no, no. I was that guy for not just, a, this isn't just a few months for six, seven years, if not longer, Stefan, I still look pretty much similar to what the way I did now, but I, I was even in relationships because for me, I really believe that and, and this is why I think it's so important to be happy with yourself first, because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And if your level of confidence or your level of mindset isn't where it, you know in your heart 
you want it to be in way where you know you're capable of, you're going to meet people on that level. You're going to meet relationships on that level, right? Vibe attracts your tribe. And for me, that was definitely true at that period. If I've got destructive behavior patterns, no, 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 shit. like at the week, I'm going to be meeting girls who also have destructive behavior patterns and, you know, and then it can create chaos and even more reactive behavior patterns. And I was stuck, mate, you know, and, and as I say, I'm very grateful what happened after that, you know, in terms of the universe presenting a, a third bite of the cherry for me to make a better decision. So, um, and we spoke about this before where yeah. it's like, when, when you go through life, I think no matter who you are, if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. the universe is always going to present you with Lessons. these little and these little opportunities, yeah. right? Where it's like, Hey, like you want to take this path or this path, Hundred percent. you pick Hundred percent. and which, whichever path you pick, yeah. there's going to be another option down the line. There's going yeah. to be another option down the line. Yeah. It's just about you then understanding, okay, cool. You know what? Yeah. Maybe I'll go to United. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll take this, this comfortable yeah. option instead of the comfortable option. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like. Yeah everything changes. So I think you had that moment at, that, at this point. What, what, 100%, um, you know, in 2010, I basically entered a men's health cover model competition, which was every man in the country, in the UK, wanted to be on men's health at the time. That was when they had the everyday guy. Um, it's, I know it's changed a little bit now, but they had the everyday guy on the front cover. And I always used to love reading the stories just as much as the you know, the, the, the guy in the front, but it was a relatable guy. And, um, I entered and thankfully won a men's health cover model competition. But, um, Stefan, what was really interesting with this is I didn't even submit the pictures or the write up myself. I was that despondent and sort of lazy lost that, and lacked so much belief. And this is, we'll talk about belief heavily, <laughs> you know, the remainder of this podcast, I lacked so much belief in my opinion, since that conversation, I was still getting controlled by that conversation by Gary McAllister seven years previous or well, six years previous. I win the men's health at 26, six years. I still doubted myself and definitely didn't think I could win a men's health competition because of that one knockback, right? By a 30 second conversation, because I wasn't emotionally in control or confident with myself. So I allowed another person to control my thoughts, feelings, and sorry, just to very quickly backtrack the reason that is so, so important, right? As, as Stefan said about the lesson. So I had the lesson at 13. I, I, after I got released at 20, I made a story up for years when anyone ever asked, oh, oh you didn't make it as a footballer, what happened? Or you didn't turn to Manchester United. I blame my mom. Yeah. Because my mom said, what about your studies if you go up to Manchester? And remember this, you can never change your progress with your life from a place of blame, whether it's people, places, circumstances, events, past. And for me, the universe was just punishing me for blaming my mom, outdated stories, outdated beliefs. Victim mindset. 100%. So really, like from the age of 13 till the age of 16, even from the age of 20 to 26, uh, uh, Stefan, I was, my language patterns were so negative and I'm always focusing on what I, I didn't have, you know, or the past or focusing what I didn't want instead of focusing what I, what I wanted. And really I had from the age of 13 to 26 till that mental health moment, which we'll come on to just now, that's a staggering amount of time. It's 13 years of me living with what if and blaming the past. Mm. And this is why I'm so passionate now of like, don't waste years like I did to realize that you can make a decision in any given moment that's going to be more in line with where you're trying to become, the body you're trying to build and the life you want to live with, you know? So at the age of 26, I, 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 I win the men's health competition, penny drop, follow your passion, follow your purpose. Okay. Follow, follow your passion, follow your purpose. 
And I knew then, right, this is my third opportunity, as you said, Stefan, in life. Are you going to take the comfortable option, which is keep doing your plumbing job? All right. You're still the rip guy in the gym and yeah. you know, not, not struggling to get a, a, attractive ladies, right? All that surface level horse shit, right? Um, are you going to take the safe option? Right. Because I have my friends, I have people around me still going, what about your bills? What if it goes wrong? Uh, or do I take a calculated risk and be brave enough to step into what I'm on this earth to do and potentially open up the possibilities that, you know, because I thought my, of what life could become because at 26, and that's why it doesn't matter about your age, whether you're 26, you're 36, you're 40, 50, listen to this. If you know right now you are not truly happy and fulfilled with what you do, who you're with, you have a decision to make, right? And it, so there's no, it's never too late. And I quit my job with five hours personal training, uh, Stefan, and, and, and I knew I'd make it work. I knew I'd make it work. Like being really even more specific than that. I remember receiving that call to say, I've made the men's health final, right? I'm in the, my plumbing van, right? A plumbing van. Uh, oh God, it's messy, there's tools everywhere, all that stuff. And I was hungover from the weekend again on a Monday. And, and I always made the gym every week during that period because that was my thing. But some Mondays I didn't if I had a heavy weekend. And I remember I was so close to literally, Stefan, anyone who <laughs> knows what it's like to have a strong hangover and crave you know, crappy food, you'll, you'll relate to this. And I was so close to literally going to the shop, you know, comfort eating and, you know, I'll back in the gym tomorrow. And thank God I received that call from Claire Matthews. I remember vividly. And I remember her saying to me, uh, Kurt, you made the men's health final, right? And what I also want to share on, on this podcast, and this is so important because I, I want to be so vulnerable this and also so open because even though I win the men's health competition in 2010, Stefan, in 2009, right, I missed a phone call from men's health because my friend, Sonia, I owe her so much. She pushed me forward for the competition again. So in actual 2009, the year before I won it, I'd actually made the men's health final, missed a phone call, okay, from the same Claire Matthews. I had a voice note. Hi, Claire, you made the men's health final. I should have called them back, right? But I didn't. I don't know if it was a mixture of like arrogance or just clearly, again, the universe, I wasn't ready. Yeah. Do you understand? And there was an opportunity to lose. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Maybe like... I needed, that was my... I needed to go through more pain before the penny dropped. Yeah. Do you understand? And so in 2009, I missed the phone call, called them back a week later. And it was the same Claire Matthews who called me when I was in that plumbing van a year later. Uh, I called Claire. I said, oh, oh, it's Kirk. I've made the men's health final. And they said, um, yeah, you did. But unfortunately, Kirk, we had to give you place to somebody else. Um, because uh, for those of you uh, wondering what the men's health competition is, obviously thousands and thousands of UK applicants would apply to be on the cover. And, you know, they whittle it down to like seven people, I think. Um, so, but they don't want to give people notice because they don't want to treat like a bodybuilding competition. You know, they want everyday people who are in shape and relatable stories. So I only had, uh, they, they, they'd actually give them a place to someone else because they only give you like 11 days notice or something. So I'd called them back seven days later too and late. it was too late. And, and exactly. And I was like, oh my word. So in that moment, uh, Stefan, I, I thought, oh, that's my chance shot. So when Sonia, the same friend pushed me to enter it in 2010 and she said, Kirk, I just have a good feeling for this, Kirk. You, you know, you look at that magazine all the time and you know what, Stefan, I actually think the reason I, I, I didn't call back in 2009 so quickly because I didn't believe Kurt Miller from Council State Coventry could do, it. could do it or and layer that with the rejection from Kurt Miller failing as a Coventry City footballer. That was why I didn't do it. Yeah. All right. And, and, and 2000, the penny, 10 penny drop. But that was my threshold then, you know, and basically, I suppose, in a way, with knowing what I know about human behavior is that was my emotional threshold, as Tony Robbins would say, to burn the boat, enough's enough. 
you understand? And that is why I'm so passionate now, Stefan, with what I do. I don't want anyone to have to go through an emotional trauma, a, 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 a physical trauma, a financial, a professional, a relationship trauma for the penny to drop if you are not happy or as happy as no, you could be. Because, you know, I don't want to patronize and make anyone listen to this feel like they're broken. But if you knew I, you are capable of living with a bit more confidence, a little bit more, you know, emotional happiness and a little bit more physical energy vibrancies will come on to explore it. How do you, not how do you go about that, but how, with, in your case, something happened, right? Yeah. Like in your case, many things happened and yeah. there was a point where you were like, okay, this is it. Yeah. Now, for people listening to this in a miserable job, in an unhappy relationship, mm-hmm. and they have that urge, but they don't, maybe they're waiting for that moment that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. How do you go about the the process of now making that decision and saying, okay, enough is enough mm-hmm. now versus when something really bad happens? Yeah, no, great question, mate. Um, I mean, I, 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 I as I said, I, I, I did sum up because it was sort of a now or never moment. I thought if I, if I don't do this now and try and pursue, which obviously I, I ended up coming up with a personal trainer, quit my job, et cetera. I just did it. I didn't know why I did it, you know, but I think if obviously to prevent you having to go through that, I think it all comes down to, you need to really dig deep in your values. Like what really drives you? What makes you happy? What type of people make you happy? Dig deep into like what lights you up and energizes mm. you on this earth. Because if you like you say, if you're not in a happy relationship, you're not in a job that you enjoy, it's probably because who you're with and what you do isn't aligned to your values. Do you understand? Like generally speaking, when you are with people that, you know, with a conversation, like me and you, for example, you know, the other day, it was it was effortless. You know, it was, it was great. Or, you know, when you're doing something you love doing, even like, now, like you, you see the passion, the energy, like it's aligned to my values, yeah. right? I, but I understand that now. And and I think I've sort of maybe fluked it for a number of years, even after, um, you know, I quit my job as a personal trainer, evolved onto online training, you know, we'll elaborate on my story in a second, but if, and this is what we're obviously, Stefan no doubt has created this podcast for this too. And it's why I've got my podcast too, is we're trying to like prevent rather than cure mentality, yeah. right? Um, revisit your values, like really dig deep and ask yourself some deep questions of like, like why, what, why, what do I love? What, you know, what do I love? Who do I love? What type of people do I love? What, what excites me? You know, what are my values? What, what is the thing that, uh, that really lights me up because, and, and also with values, cause I know it's, it can be such a generic term. Your, your values aren't revealed always by what you say they are. They're revealed by how you live. And I think, like when you get excited and some brings you pleasure, not just short-term, but long-term, that is an indication that it, it's probably very, very high on your values. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, so I would, I would maybe evaluate if you think, oh God, I don't even know my values, Like, what gives you energy? What do you love doing? You'll usually find it's something that's helping you become better or helping other people. Do you understand? It's helping you grow and helping you contribute. There are two spiritual needs. Yeah. These aren't these aren't beliefs that this is like. So if you can go right, what 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 do I love doing? Right, I don't get bored with and helps help others. It's good for me. It's good for other people, and and then go right from that. If this is what I love doing, it gets me energized, especially from a professional perspective. What career opportunities or what business opportunities potentially, like could I explore 
that are going to help me meet these needs and are in line with these values. And and it's amazing when you put pen to paper. At first, you might be a bit sticky and stiff, but and also even if you're thinking, I can't think of a profession or even think of um, you know a, a business maybe I can start. Maybe like look at other people that maybe you're a little bit not envious of, but you know, God, I, I love, or you look up to exactly. Yeah. I, I love how they carry themselves. I love what they do. I never get bored of watching what they do or you're fascinated about a certain subject. That's a clue. I think that's a great, great way of putting it. And I'll add to that. What What's worked a lot for me is, um, is taking a step back, right? Because yep. I think, I mean, you're the perfect example. When you're a plumber and then you go out on the weekends, yep. there's no real moment where you can say, okay, you know what, mm-hmm. Kirk, this Saturday, yeah. You know, let's take some time. Yeah. Let's write down like yeah. what I think you should focus on, what our values are, what these things are. Yeah. And I think for everyone listening, yeah, that's the important thing, right? Take take Sunday and just write. Yeah. You know, just understand really like yeah. what are your values, what are the things that you're passionate about? Yeah. How could you potentially make money out of it? Maybe money is not the first thing that you yeah. should be yeah, thinking yeah, through. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's volunteering. Maybe yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, getting some experience in, yeah. in those specific fields. And once you start writing this out, and I went through this exercise recently yeah. where I was like, okay, cool. What is my overall mission, right? Yep. Ask Stefan, like, what is it that I, not I'm like put on this earth to do, but like, mm-hmm. what is it that I feel I should be doing? Mm-hmm. And then what is currently going on in my life yeah. and then see if those two things are aligned. Yeah. It's just that like a lot of people are uncomfortable going through this exercise, right? Because it's, yeah. there's potentially fear. What if you don't find anything? Mm-hmm. What if, what if, what if, but it's the best first step uh, uh, that you can take. hundred percent. And also, you know, you can, one thing I do regularly with, with clients, we've done trainings on this, you know, inside our program built to last is even doing a life assessment sounds a bit heavy, but write down all the categories of life right now, like, you know, family, friends, business, finances, spiritual, learning, um, m- personal, mental, and emotional growth, and rate out of 10 how happy you are. Yeah. So, I've, I've you know, I've, I've done some phenomenal courses in learnings. With Brendan Bouchard is uh, a world-leading high-performance expert, absolutely phenomenal human being with questions, and obviously the Tony Robbins stuff really helped me understand myself first and foremost, and has allowed me to understand clients and, you know, even you know, provide value on social media, but life assessment, if you write down all the areas of your life right now and rate out a 10 on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you or not? And then maybe in the next column, say if you're not where you want to be in any of these areas, what is the one thing right now would make the biggest difference in that area? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? Who can you potentially reach out to that can help you in that area? Yeah, I think just to quickly interrupt you there, when you go through this process, yep. the people around you are so important because if you if you say, okay, cool, this gives me energy, yep. this gives me purpose, this is, these are the things I want yep. to focus on, mm-hmm. and then you speak to your toxic crew about it, yeah. everyone's going to be like, mm, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. 100 million percent, Stefan, you know, and obviously by the end of this podcast as well, I'd love to share like, you know, the, the process of someone... You know, my, my forte, of course, is actually helping people change their, their their body and upgrade confidence and stuff. But even that, with in relation to environment, that plays a pivotal role in the process and also maintaining the outcome that people want as well. And environment is massive because the people you surround yourself with, the environments you are uh, placing yourself within, as 
great book, Atomic Habits, James Clear. It's the invisible hand that will shape your behavior. You know, because ultimately what you focus on expands, what you focus on you feel, and what you feel influences your state, which influences decisions. So how did uh, you how did you go about the um, I suppose the elimination of toxicity in your life? Um no, no one's ever got this truly mastered, I believe. But I think, you know, the more you like you notice patterns, right? Life's all about patterns. If you think about like, you know, when things are going well, there's there's usually a reason for that. Mm. You know, so even if I have a client who's stuck, uh, I, you know, I'm stuck, but they've had periods where they weren't so stuck. Like maybe you can ask yourself this if you listen to this. Um, evaluate the months and the years where you felt life was going pretty smooth, right? What were you doing more of? What were you doing less of? Who were you spending time with? Who were you spending less time with? And again, it's like those clues. So, it, but it's again, I think it's just asking yourself better questions of, you know, I think most people listening to this at some point in their life, you would have had a period of your life where things were going a little bit smooth and your emotions, your biggest feedback, you'd have felt a little bit happier and in flow state, et cetera. How were you setting yourself up on a daily basis? What was your environment? You know, what were you doing differently to maybe when you're not feeling quite as on point? And who uh, do you know helps move you forward as a person and who holds you back? Yeah. So we never question the good times, right? Like we only look at like, why is it going badly right now? Like it's never like, okay, it's going great. I know this is temporary. Yeah. But like, why is it going great? Yeah. And, and you know what? Some people might even need to dig deeper into their childhood, teenage years, early 20s whatever it is because i think stefan if i even look back to and i've been asked this a lot of when i played football like yes i love winning i love the competitive edge you know if, like there was a purpose to achieve a certain outcome right you know but this is why it's so important to understand yourself so so clearly what i actually really look back and love football right especially as a captain i love having to perform at my best so other people performed at their best. And if you think about what I'm doing now as, a, as one of the leaders of my ship, you know, alongside my team, I love having to perform at my best. So the people invest in me perform at their best. Lead by example. Exactly. But I understand it's the same. It's a different job. That's why necessarily it's not always, you know, not being tied to your job. It's, it's, it's a different job where I'm helping people like perform and look, feel better. But if you think about it during football, it was exactly the same as when I played at my absolute best. It was when I stepped up and, I had to push through discomfort to show the people they can push through discomfort and they can raise their standards and all that sort of stuff. So it, it, it's, it, you know, just going back to Steve, Stefan's original question is evaluate, just go through moments of your life today. Go, when was life going well? Ask yourself why, what was your environment? Like, why was your life going well? What were you doing differently? And that, and again, that, 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 that's, a, and who are you surrounding yourself with? And those traits of that people are probably who you need to surround yourself with a little bit more. And not even just surround yourself with more, because obviously in the world of social media, podcasts, <laughs> ironically now, it's it's not just, you know, there's a famous Jim Rowan quote about, uh, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend your most time with. I think it's a bit more specific than that. You know, you know, it's more so you're the average of where you focus your attention and energy and the energy you choose to give permission to, to absorb into your mind. And, and for some people, they might spend more time listening to a certain person on a podcast or on a YouTube or on social media than actually listening to the people they're surrounding themselves with anyway. So I think just being really deliberate with what attention am I letting into my mind and is that serving me? Is it aligned to my values? And is it helping me think better, do better and focus better or not? And yeah. I know there's a real brutal thing that one of my mentors shared this with me once. You know, if you, when he was sort of breaking down again about environment and making sure that the people around you are influencing you for the better, 
and maybe every, anyone listening to this, this is a, it, it can be a, you know, a challenging thing to do. Go into your phone, right? And look at the 10 people you communicate with most on WhatsApp or whatever your preferred messenger is. Most people on WhatsApp these days. Look at the 10, last 10 people that you communicate with, right? Are they helping you become the best person or are they holding you back? Are they, are they wasting your attention or are they, are they, yeah, limiting your beliefs? Are they create limitations? Are they holding you back or are they moving you forward? Uh, and that is a brutal thing to do because a lot of the time, sometimes you, you might have to distance yourself from certain friends. Also, ignore a little bit of your family members, you know, which I know it's, it's quite hard sometimes, but you have a choice and you have to take personal responsibility for, for what you are allowing into your own mind. And when we are so glued to our gadgets these days, whether it's through social media, and especially with the, those those personal communications, are they adding value to you or are they stripping you of value? Yeah, and also like when you look at, so outside of outside of something like WhatsApp, like if you go through your Instagram page mm-hmm. and you see, if you just take a, a scroll through your feed, yeah. right? Like what type of content are yeah. you consuming? Yeah. Like if you scroll through people's stories, like yeah. what type of content are you consuming and what thoughts are being created in your head? Yeah. Because I think often like we scroll very mindlessly, yeah. firstly, but then when we do that, we we get so influenced, right? By like, yeah. okay, what's going on in that person's life? Yeah. Oh, look at her body, look at his body. Oh, look, he's having so much fun and I'm sitting at home yeah. doing this and this and this. Yeah. Like Im- immediately that comparison thing yeah. starts happening. So even on social media, yeah. outside of this yeah. great advice that you've just yeah. given, like do that exercise there as well. Yeah. Like I really just started focusing on, okay, this person is posting negative content, yeah. unfollow, ruthlessly, Yeah. right? This person is not providing me with the yeah. right energy, unfollow. 100%. And the same goes with friends. Like I've, I constantly evaluate my friend circle. There's yeah. obviously people that will never let go. Yeah. Um, but there's certain people where I'm like, mm, don't need that. I really don't need this. This is not adding value yeah. into yeah. what I'm doing. What 100%, mate. And look, you know, we're, we're not being deluded here. Like, you know, I love my family. I love long lasting friends. And even if there's certain people in your life, because I've had this challenge with obviously clients as well, uh, Stefan, there are some people in your life, they're, 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 they're family, okay? And you might not be able to control the fact, wow, I don't really want to, <laughs> they are quite negative, but you have a choice to not respond to certain conversations. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you know that you don't want to get drawn into negativity or playing the victim or blaming circumstances, because I think we spoke about this before as well, and this is especially pivotal in the UK, there's so much negativity on the, 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 the press, the news, which influences how people think. You know, and, and if you're not really in control of your own personal development and stuff, that can have a negative impact. And people are like sheep. They'll, they'll just follow what the masses say. And then they'll it's a talking point. And if people haven't got a lot going in their life, then it's like a topic of uh, whether it was COVID or whether it's uh, the financial crisis. It's like a common topic. And But you have a choice of, you know, if you have got somewhat a loved one, that, that, that does this just you have a choice you have a personal responsibility to dictate of am i going to choose this to uh, come into my my conscious and subconscious thinking or not it, it's yeah. a decision and you it know, becomes it, you have what, to take responsibility for that it becomes a domino effect as well once you start doing that because i think one of the interesting things you said was to lead by example right so when you lead by example yeah other people are going to look at you and say oh, you know, look what Kirk is doing with his life. Look where it's taking him. Yeah. It's not that you are purposefully trying to influence their life by telling them, stop doing this, stop doing that, stop no, doing this. Not. It's more like, 
this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Like if you guys want to follow, if yeah. you want to do it, great. If you don't want to do it, yeah. up to you. But exactly. like, look where this is going. A million, million percent. And, and, and you know, if, if anybody's listening to this and, and they, they have no desire to, for example, you know, the, th the three things I love to do, which is help people build a superior mindset, world-class body, develop new confidence. If you're really, really happy with how you look, how you feel right now and your confidence, boom, I'm happy too. No yeah. problem. It's not about six pack and being shredded and all this stuff. Cause I've been so congruent. I've been the guy that's been on a front cover of men's health magazine, something that every man on this earth wants to do pretty much. And I was in a bad place mentally. Do you know what I mean? So it's not about how you look. Do you understand? That is where for me, if, if you have, whether it's through your mindset, it's through your confidence, through your body, and there's a, there's a significant uh, gap in terms of where you are and where you want to be. If one of them are really in a bad place, it will influence the others. Do, do you know what I mean? So, and, and that's why there is no judgment. If this isn't about the, the, the body, but if you know in your heart you're capable of more and, and, and you know there's more happiness on the table, because ultimately, I, why this, I'm so passionate about, you know, helping people get in the best physical mentorship life and live with confidence, Stefan, there'll always be an itch about who you could have become, yeah. what you could have achieved and how happy you could have potentially felt if you just explored the capabilities of being a little bit better in these areas. And, and it's just my absolute passion is you don't wait till you're 50, 60 or on your, your deathbed, as brutal as it sounds to go, I wish. A regret. Exactly. The and pain of regret. Because, I, you know, I've been the guy that for years lived with a lot of regret. I'm at peace with it now, Stefan, because I wouldn't be here now on this podcast with you. I wouldn't be doing what I do now or maybe really tried or to continually trying to master this game of helping people if it wasn't for what I went through. Do you understand? Everything happens for a reason if you choose to look at it that way. But I just don't want people to wait for as many years as what I did for the yeah. penny to drop, you know? And so when we're talking about that, I mean, one of the, the things I wanted to ask about today was particularly around habit and habit formation, because yeah. I think, you know, if you're listening, it's easier said than done. I know yeah. like there's certain things in life, whether it's becoming active or whether it's working on a new business or whether it's whatever, like, mm -hmm. even if you're passionate about it, yeah. it's still difficult to, yeah. Where to start. And, and, but also consistency, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like working out is probably the best example or nutrition is probably the best example where it's like, I know that exercise is good for me. I know that eating good food is good for me, mm -hmm. but I get distracted or I yeah. lose track or whatever. Like, what would you, yeah, totally what would you say to, to people like that? Um, so, uh, yeah, before I go into, I'm going to share and, and, and I'll be as specific as possible with this because as, as me and Stefan spoke before this podcast, I've never wanted to speak on a podcast or do a public speaking event and people can't actually implement something. So I will go through some tactics now of how to approach your month from a mindset perspective and uh, some week weekly planning tips and some daily rituals and, and tips that- Perfect. Yeah, I will do that for sure, okay? But first of all, I wanna explain just very quickly that, that the process of, if you are listening to this and maybe you're not as, as happy as you want to be with, the, with your body, with your mindset, your confidence, basically the pillars I've just spoke about, simply put, you, you know, you wanna look and feel about a little bit better than what you currently do and basically feel healthier. Say, so, so right now you're at the start position. Okay. Then there is a process, Stefan, right? You need a process to achieve that outcome of looking better, feeling better, etc. Right. You need some element of plan, right? You need some form of structure, right? That within that plan, as you just touched upon, um, you have factors in training, movement, because that's energy 
out, okay? And then you need energy, uh, something that factors in or is going to manage your energy in, which is food quality, food quantity, okay? And then you have health essentials, which is water uh, and sleep. These are called the six core drivers. So these are the things that are going to dictate or currently dictate in how you look, how you feel, how much energy or not you have, okay? And then there are, and maybe this is where people, not maybe where people struggle, even if you know these things, what's going to influence whether or not you do these things is your environment, okay? Your environment, your physical environment, who you surround yourself with, as we've just touched on, because that influences whether or not you do or do a certain thing. Your state, because state drives all decisions and also belief. Do you actually believe, first and foremost, that you can be a little bit healthier and achieve that body? And let me tell you this, you certainly can, right? Even if you're not quite happy right now or you might have failed multiple times, trust me, you can, Right? Okay, I'm going to share some simple tactics, as Stefan said now, to sort of um, help you with that. Okay, so you need the process, then you then you you achieve the outcome, right? So you're leaner, and then you need to condition it. Like you just said, Stefan, you need to condition it till it's normal. So many people fail because they go on this eight week, 12 weeks of starving themselves down, right? Okay, all you've done and proved is that you can be in a calorie deficit, and it's that is a lose mentality, don't forget. You know, it's pain, it's pain, it's pain. You've been a calorie deficit and you've implemented, you could train for 12 weeks. But what we're so passionate about in Built to Last is, and honestly, whether you work with me or you work with another trainer, this is so important. When you've achieved that first physical change, right, and you've saw yourself, you start feeling better, you have to condition it so it's normal, right? You have to see yourself and describe yourself as that person. That takes time, condition it, right? That's where language patterns are so important. That'll be another podcast. Once you've conditioned it, you need to then make sure that as Stefan spoke about earlier, that you have an environment, people, places that supports those new standards once you've achieved them, mm. right? So if you've, once you've gone through that process, right, of I know how to train a little bit better, move more consistently, get better food in, right, drink regular water, get better sleep, and you've achieved that goal, then you've conditioned it, what's going to help, right? You sustain those new standards, that body fat, that body weight you walk around with is do I have an environment that supports those new standards and 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 that new body those new habits okay so that's the process you want start process achieve the goal condition it and make sure you have an environment supports the change okay so now we've established like what you need to do to actually create that body you know the six core drivers i will go through now what monthly weekly what what we recommend with our clients okay and some things might resonate with you monthly if you're a monthly planner some maybe weekly some daily okay so i'll chop through this as quick as i can right from a monthly perspective, get clear. What is the outcome? Where do I want to be in a month's time? So maybe if you listen to this right now, where do you want to be in a month's time? How would you want to look? How would you want to feel? What would represent you progressing a little bit more? And then ask yourself, in relation to that outcome, are my living conditions likely to make that happen? So what I mean by living conditions? Right now, if I was to look at your calendar, okay, the way you're setting yourself up on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis are your actions, habits, and as we've touched on so much now, your environment. Is that likely to happen? Because the formula for progress and happiness, Stefan, and, and this is from the great Tony Robbins. I remember him just explained so, so clearly, what is my blueprint, my vision, my target, my expectations, and are my living conditions aligned? That's a great one. Right? So imagine you drew a line. So imagine drawing a line now, right? Write a piece of paper, write your outcome, your blueprint, your target, and then, so on, right down the right-hand side and the left-hand side, living additions, actions, habits, uh, environment, are they aligned? 
the reason people, and this is, again, I remember it, it was so simple the way I remember learning the Tony Robbins method. If you are unhappy in any given area, right? Usually it's because what you want and how you live in aren't aligned. So a better way to frame that is anyone listening to this, ta- think of an area of your life right now that you're really, really happy with, right? Right in that area. What is that? What is the goal? What is like, what is the target in that area? And what, what is the, what are your living conditions like in that area? I can almost guarantee what you expect, your expectation and how you're living are aligned. For most people, if I think about my demographic, for example, business owners, oh, business is good. You ask people, you know, again, tying into what you do again, business is good. Oh, you're in a good place. Why? Oh, we're hitting our targets. Boom. Everything we're implementing, we're implementing. Okay, cool. Now evaluate, tell me an area of your life that perhaps you're not so happy with. Write the expectation you target in that given area and then have a look at your living conditions. Mm. I can almost guarantee that how you're living, your actions, your habits, thoughts, these thoughts, feelings, behavior, and environment is not aligned. And what you need to do, if, especially in relation to health and fitness, for example, if you are not where you want to be, right, do you need to change your expectation, your target? Is it totally deluded? Is it unrealistic? Right? Because a lot of people, how, how many times have we heard, Stefan, oh, I want to drop 20 pounds in uh, four weeks. It's such an unrealistic expectation for so many. Or even if it isn't an unrealistic target, most people aren't willing to do what's needed to get there. So for a lot of people, as we'll share with weekly and daily tips, just lower the bar a little bit. What would represent you being a little bit more forward than maybe what you currently are? So maybe just lower the expectation a little bit, right? What, what, what would represent progress? And what can I do on a, on, on, from my actions, my habits, my environment to make sure that that's aligned, right? And it's more in pursuit of that target rather than the, the opposite way. So first and foremost, get clear on your expectations. You can do that on a daily basis, even as we'll come on to in a second. All right. But actual things we recommend inside built to last, right. In terms of your week, if you're thinking, God, like yeah, that's more mindset related on a week, right. You have to plan your week. You have to be clear. If you're trying to be a little bit healthier, okay. Create some momentum with your health and fitness, right. With your training, your movement, your food on a weekly basis, Look at how you plan your week. And, and again, I'm ruthless with this with clients. If someone says to me, oh, I haven't got time to train or, you know, I'm busy. I've got a lot on. Show me your calendar. Yeah. Show me your actual calendar. Okay. Does your dem- does your calendar demonstrate you are, you are committed or not committed to that outcome you say, you keep saying that you want, right? Because anyone can talk, but do, do does the way you're planning, you're setting yourself up, is that likely to make it happen? So what I strongly urge is with your planning, right? Don't just plan work. Don't just plan personal stuff. Most people, especially when they first start working with us in some built to last high performance business leaders, right? You look at the calendar, boom, they will have every work appointment schedule, no problem. Okay. They might have that social occasion schedule, no problem. But they there's no room for, or they haven't created room or they haven't scheduled, right? When they're gonna work out, when they're gonna, when they're gonna eat, okay, uh, when they're gonna move. Um when are they going to do something for them? So, so many of us, like, we, we focus on other people's agenda. If you think about why we, we gener- most of us generate business, of course, it's for mission, purpose, provide freedom for family, etc. It's for other people. But if you can just start to think on a weekly basis, how can I actually do more for me? You'll, you'll By default, you'll naturally even achieve more at work through energy and all that sort of stuff. So I would say when you're on a weekly basis, right, break down, right, of course, 
family time? What are your fixed non-negotiables with your family? That Because a lot of people, I've, I've done this myself, uh, uh, Stefan, you know, not, not scheduled time with your partner and, you know, it's all been work, work, work. So there's no judgment on this. You know, I've, I've done all of these things that I'm telling you to do wrong too, or not, you know, not just focused on work so much, but focus on family time, like time for the people you love most. Because ultimately, generally you're doing that, that job or trying to create that wealth for you know, for the people you love and care about most anyway, okay? From a numbers perspective, okay? So schedule family time. Of course, you'll have fixed appointments with your work. I do too, no problem, okay? But then also schedule. Never go into a week without knowing what days am I going to train, right? What days am I going to train? Even with my food, how am I going to manage my food during the week? How am I going to manage my food during the weekend? There's four ways to manage your food, Stefan, right? Meal plan, whether it's prepped by yourself or someone else. Number two, um, track your calories via an app like my fitness pal, protein, track your calories, right? Okay, so at least you've got some form of, you're accountable to something, you know what's going in your mouth. Thirdly, outsource. Is there, if you're very, very busy, I strongly urge you outsource to a decent food prep company or habits and guidelines. Even if you can't be bothered to do those first three, right? Never go into a week without going, ah, what habit am I going to focus on? that, you know what, by the end of the week, I might feel like I've got a bit more energy, I might drop to a bit of body fat, if that's my goal, okay? Um, so never go into a week without that. When am I going to train? When am I going to move? When am I going to eat? Okay? And then also, from a mindset perspective, right, and maybe this is tying in with the daily things, which I'll come into a second. What is the one thing from a mindset perspective that you know when you do it, at the, at the start of a week, you are more likely to achieve like your professional goals, your professional targets, and you're more likely to follow through perhaps with your, your healthy habits. What, what is the one thing that you know keeps you mentally sharp? And if you're struggling with that, I ask for a lot of people, they would have one area of life that they pretty much excel at. For a lot of people, it's their job. What makes you successful in that area, right? What, 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 what makes you consistent in that area? How do you set yourself up in that area? Like there'd be a reason. So many of my clients, you know, who lack consistency when they first start with health, fitness, food, they've demonstrated consistency in other areas of their life. For a lot of people, it's their job, right? And they follow through, right? Why? Because they're fully aware of the emotional consequence. If they don't work, they don't earn money, okay? So what, what do you say to yourself from a mindset perspective on a weekly basis that allows you to hit your professional goals, for example? Like there'd be certain things you do. There's certain things that you focus with There'll be certain words that you either say internally or externally, boom, I'm going to smash my targets, right? There'll be something. And you're probably fully aware of who you're doing it for. Ask yourself those same things when you are thinking of whether or not I schedule a workout, whether or not I factor in movement, whether or not I choose to sort of forward think my food. Do you understand? And more specifically with food, Stefan, before we move on to daily, just like you would do in business. I'm pretty sure when you go in business, you anticipate challenges, might have a plan B or a curveball, or, okay, if that goes wrong, we're going to do this, right? Same with food, right? You might have a certain environment. It might be a social occasion the following weekend or with certain people that you know that when you're with those people, you drink more, you eat more crap. Forward think the conversation, uh, forward think the environment. And how can you simply make a little bit of a, a better decision than maybe what you've made previously and it doesn't have to be perfect just start small so what would what would represent a win by the end of the week of you eating a little bit better what is it okay what is the thing you need to do less of what what's the thing you need to do more of from a training perspective what would represent in a week's time you being a little bit better than the previous week movement perspective what would represent 
you know, a little bit forward momentum, maybe a little bit more energy out than what you've previously done maybe the last week, the last few months, but it's just starting small, but it's still forward thinking. If you are going into a week with not having zero uh, clue of when, when you're going to train, when you're going to eat, when you're going to move, you're going to be reliant on willpower and it's a reactive state mentality. Right. Think about what's made you successful in your stronger areas. For many people listening to this, it's probably business. Why are you successful? How do you set yourself up to win? And how can you at least have a similar thought process when it comes to your health, fitness, food, et cetera? Okay. And if that sounds a little bit intense, oh God, I'm too busy to do that. No one's too busy to do what I'm going to share with you when it comes to daily tips. All right. I think if you're a true high performer, listen to this, or you know deep down that that you are a consistent individual, right? Because I don't think anyone wants to be inconsistent, Stefan. No one deep down. If you ask, look them cold, hard in the face, do you want to be cons- a little bit more consistent with, uh, you know, looking after your own personal health, your own personal standards? No one's going to say no, okay? So on a daily daily perspective, to break it down, and I'm very <laughs> OCD, by the way, is I say to my clients, never end a work day or your actual day without knowing the next day when am I going to exercise, whether it's training or movement, right? And even more specific, I did an exercise with my clients last week about this, about winning AM and PM up to Christmas, right? Try and be as specific as possible, just like you would do when you're scheduling your day the next day for the work, right? Pretty sure most people listen to this, you schedule some form of priorities of, or you know in your head what my priorities are to tick off the work task. Don't end your work day without knowing when am I going to train? What am I going to train, right? Schedule it. Even if you're not training, when can you schedule movement? Because what gets scheduled gets done, all right? Okay. Then from a food perspective, don't end your work day without going, what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? How many meals am I having tomorrow? Am I eating on the go? Am I eating at home? Am I eating at the office, right? You're forward thinking, okay? And when you are preparing and forward thinking like that, would you agree you're more likely to make a better decision that complements the health, the body, and the weight you want to walk around with than contradicts it. Because unless it is part hardwired into your DNA, like my identity now, it's who I am. I'm a healthy person. Until you're at that place, right? Contrary to some of the stuff you might see on social media and stuff, you need to do this until it's normal, right? Because one of the reasons you might be excelling in your job just now, or you describe yourself as that great businessman, because you've conditioned it, you've conditioned it, it's normal. And that's the same thing we have to do with our food. So with your food, don't end a workday without knowing how many times I'm going to eat, when am I going to eat, okay? And even more specifically with that, with food, if you want to go a step further, and I, and I recommend this, especially if you're someone who doesn't want to live out of a diet plan. I don't. I, I don't live out of Tupperware in years, okay? And especially being in Dubai and obviously spending lots of time in London, we spoke about this, uh, Stefan, major cities. What's going, what really, really helped and has helped my clients is once you break down uh, in relation to your goals, you know, say for example, what is your calorie budget across the week, right? In order to either drop fat, maintain weight or build strength, depending on your goals, identify what is your, once you've identified, right? What, what, what's the approximate quantity of food that I eat, right? Think about on a daily basis, right? Across your week, what days do I want to invest more as in eat more? What days am I not so bothered about maybe eating as much, make your protein consistent every single day. And then on the actual days itself, right? In relation to how much, uh, calorie consumption, for example, were in line with your goals, right? On that given day in relation to the weekly total, what times of the day do you tend to love to eat more food? You know, when do you, when do you mentally like to relax and enjoy a bit more food? Because 
you might have been listening to this and had a diet plan in the past and it, it's very rigid and look, diet plans are phenomenal for creating structure and a mental awareness of food portions and they're a great way to start, 100%. You've got more predictable outcome, but a lot of the time it's not real world eating. So more specifically on a daily basis, especially if you aren't someone who can, you know, wants to stick to a rigid meal plan, weigh, weigh food at every, here, there and everywhere. With your day, imagine you're going into a day and you've got 100% of your food allowance within that given day. Break down how, how many meals, this, you're doing this the night before, how many meals am I eating tomorrow and factoring snacks if that's your thing too. And in relation to that 100% budget for the following day, when do, when do I typically like to eat a bit more food and manipulate your calories, right, or portions of food to allow for more food when you can mentally and consciously and mindfully eat more food. And from my experience, just a, a little more personal tip, especially if you're a business owner or entrepreneur listening to this, most people from my experience, Stefan, want to eat more food in the evening, mm. right? For a couple of reasons. Willpower is shot. They want to reward themselves after a long day at work, right? This is so, so common in business leaders, which is why eating six times a day doesn't work in my opinion at all, right? As, as an example, a real simple way you can maybe try is, say for example, you got 100% of your food, allow for 50% of your calories in the evening because most people want to eat more in the evening, but if they're going into that day without any structure of having manipulate the calories, that's when, you know, the, the sort of fuck it mentality can creep in and it's, uh, the wheels are off and I've had a long day and, uh, you know, whatever. So even if you're having like, say, say you eat three times a day, manipulate 25% of your calories in the morning, or like I do, for example, I have my first meal at between 12 and two, then I might have uh, 25% at like, uh, mid late afternoon. Then I'm allowed for more buffer of calories in the evening. Why? Because I'm with my partner then. I might be eating out, might be a business meeting, all this stuff. And, and, and you're just allowing for more buffer and it's a real practical thing to do, but don't end your work day without knowing what, how many times can I eat the next day? Um, what are my options? Okay. When do I typically like to eat more food and how can I distribute my food management? So I'm allowing for more food when I like it most and do the same with your movement. Then don't end a work day without knowing, um, am I in a position to maybe get a long walk in to get my steps in, right? Even not just from an energy out perspective, movement shifts mood, as you've said before, like physiology affects your state. And like, that's where the mind and body work together. Okay. Right. If, if you were to probably evaluate, um, you know, in the year to date, if you listen to this, the weeks and the days where you felt great, I can most guarantee you've moved more. You've done something different with your body. 100%. Right. Do you understand? Like most people, if you were to probably evaluate, think of a time in your life or a year in your life where you felt it was the healthiest year of your life. What did you do more of? And I can almost guarantee you move more. Do you understand? So, don't end a work day again of without knowing when am I going to move. And if you can't do a long uh, walk, which isn't always practical as a business owner, you might be traveling, um, factor in small mini walks. It might not be the perfect thing you could do in your twenties, for example, you know, where you might be able to schedule the double sessions and stuff, but even small win, small wins with your movement. One thing I, I do myself with clients and with clients, even having, do the maths on this. If from eight o'clock every hour you're, you're, you're having a five minute break from your work task and you're moving, you're walking around getting a glass of water five times eight or 10 or 12. Like most business owners say they work. It's the best part of an hour of moving. All right. It's not the perfect, uh, uh, you're all in one walk, but it's just dealing with your current personal professional circumstances and environment. Do you understand? And I think just, just veering off from this as I typically do, Stefan, one of the biggest problems with most people, why they don't, uh, are not consistent. They have an all or nothing mentality. Mm. If they can't do something perfect, they won't do it at all. Okay. It's all or nothing. It, for me, it's one of the biggest problems in global, the global issues with health and fitness. If people can't do it perfect, they don't do it at all. 
which is why most people start the year with health intentions. I'm going to drop fat, be healthy. And then the moment something goes wrong with their food or they have a meal that's a bit relaxed or uh, they, they miss that session or don't get the perfect session in or don't get the perfect movement in, they think, oh, fuck it, I failed. And, and, and honestly, these simple strategies of what I've gone through with training, movement and food, it, it might or not always be perfect. But I ask you, is it better than what you're currently doing? And just in a nutshell, how, ask yourself on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, how can I be a little bit better than I was the previous day or the previous week, depending on how you look at it, right? And these small wins, right, they, they, they compound, right? Imagine if you're just moving a little bit more week to week, right? Being a bit more consistent and training a bit more intensity week to week, managing your food even like 5% better daily. Do that across each, each month, month to month for a whole calendar year. Where do you think you'd be? The other option is don't do it. Where do you think you'd be? You know, you have to be aware of the consequences if you don't change them and the, the pleasure if you do, but it's just small, simple things. And it isn't the perfect, like, you know, the perfect meal plan, weighing everything, right? And it isn't, oh, I haven't got the, I can't do the perfect one hour, one hour, hour, hour of cardio, right? But it's still better than what maybe you're currently doing. And that, I had to have a mass, massive shift with that as well, Stefan, because I had this perfectionist mentality. And I think that's another problem in itself. It ties in with the all or nothing mentality, and I suppose it's going back to my childhood again. One of the other reasons why I didn't fail, I, I failed as a footballer is because I thought I had to be perfect. And that come from me associating, having to be perfect every time my dad saw me. Cause he was like, I never saw my dad that much. Right. Right. And I, I told myself every time I saw my dad, cause I associated me getting love and connection off my dad with being perfect of winning every race and being the best player on a football team. You know, it created an unrealistic expectation of being perfect. And that's another thing what people think they need to do with, their, 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 their health and fitness, they have to be perfect. You don't, how can you just be a little bit better than what you were before? And then reinforce that you, with your mind that pat yourself on the back, celebrate those little small wins because we're so uh, quick as humans to beat ourselves up and remind ourselves with words of how we're terrible when we don't do a certain thing. You have to do that on the flip side when you have these small wins. So if you're on a daily basis, as a result of just doing those little small things I've said, when you end that workday and basically you've done what you said you would do, you know, picture how powerful this is. Imagine you're doing this. Even over the next 30 days, I challenge anyone listening to this. Of if you did for the next 30 days, didn't end a workday without knowing when am I going to train slash move the next day? When am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What challenge do I anticipate? And how can I make a better decision? For example, even at the weekend, would you agree you're more likely to eat better at the weekend if you do that? But imagine if you're just doing that on a daily basis for the next 30 days. Even if you're not perfect on all of these days, how many, how many, how many opportunities are you giving yourself to the win over the next 30 days? Yeah. And you just think, even if you are 20 days out the, the 30, you still, you've got 20 more wins than maybe what you're currently doing. And 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 it's powerful because just to talk about confidence again, Stefan. One thing that builds confidence is saying you're going to do something and doing it, yeah. keeping your promises to yourself. If I was to, again, I love questions and sorry, this is, this is, this is so powerful because questions are, they're really powerful. As we said, like the quality of life is based on the quality of conversations, questions you ask yourself and the conversation with yourself to yourself. Right. Okay. If I was to say to you now, listen to this, tell me an area of your life that you feel really, really confident with could be to do with being a great parent, handling a certain situation, uh, being great at a certain thing within your business could be leading, could be selling, could be marketing, could be influencing team. Why is that? I can almost guarantee that confidence has been built because in that area, you 
you had an expectation, a target, right? That you said you were going to do and achieve and you followed through on it. That's how confidence is built. But on the flip side, when we say we're going to do something and continually don't do it, 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 it we, we just lose confidence uh, and it creates doubt. So I suppose in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say with the daily and the weekly rituals to, to, to do, Stefan, if we at least start small and get some momentum on a daily basis and then like at the end of the day, we go, okay, wow, you know what? <laughs> I got that session in that I scheduled and said I would do the next day. Uh, I, I, I ate the food that I said I was going to eat the previous day. Notice how good it feels. Because I think if everyone listening to this is being transparent with themselves, the days they feel really good, it's generally because, well, okay, they might have achieved a great thing at work, right? But again, that comes down to expectation of having an expectation and then hitting it. Send me your food. Create an expectation, create a target, make, simplify it. Let me follow through on it. Notice how good it feels. 100%. You know? 100%. Um, I think those were, wow, very, very helpful steps. And I think for everyone listening, if you can just commit to the following, plan out your weeks, plan out your days, make sure that when you do that, um, you focus on the different pillars of your life. Be forgiving with yourself, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be 100% perfect. Focus on the tiny wins. And then as a result, you're going to see your life totally transformed. Yeah. I, I, and sorry, mate, I'm just trying to provide as much value here because this is my thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's me and my team. We're, even if you are someone and you're thinking, I can't be bothered to even schedule training, right? I can't be bothered to schedule some movement and food. That's when you have to dig deeper into the, the mindset, yeah. right? That's when you need to ask yourself even more, um, you know, direct questions, right? If I don't do this, who else will be affected? One question I ask all my clients, right? So that's more of a PM thing I've just shared in the morning, right? Well, you can ask yourself in the evening at any point, who needs me on my A game? Who needs me energized, healthy, and focused? Yeah, do it for others, not just for yourself. Exactly, because yeah. so often we are more willing to do things for others than we are for ourselves, And that would be a conscious or subconscious driver for many people in why they have to achieve a certain level of status or wealth within their business, yeah. do you understand? So think who needs my A game? And a really little question framework, just when you are deciding whether or not you're gonna make a certain decision, right? What are the consequences if I don't do this? How is my life getting held back? How will it impact the things? How will it impact business or those I love most? And the flip side, what what is the that was the opportunities and the benefits and the deeper meaning if I do follow through totally and on that you know totally. so ask yourself these questions. This is fantastic. We uh, are running out of time. And we're <laughs> okay. going to schedule we're going to schedule another episode um, yeah. because I think we have a lot more to talk about. Just before we leave, where can people find out more about yourself and your business? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Stefan. First of all, and anyone listening to this, and uh, I know I said at the start, I'm very intense. Uh, I'm just truly grateful for if you guys can take any form of value from this. Um, but yeah, I have my own podcast, the Kurt Miller podcast, and I will definitely have the main man, Stefan, on that for sure at some point. I mean, as, as happened today, times just flew. Uh, but but yeah, the Kurt Miller podcast, and as I said, there's so much value and every single episode, and hopefully from this, you know, we've achieved that every single episode again, um, you know, there's something you can implement. I always end the podcast with, with three questions and a quote, again, just thought provoking. And then social media, just all platforms are pretty much Kirk Miller. And, you know, if you want to check my website, it's www.kirkmiller.co.uk. Uh, but, but yeah, the sole intention, that's definitely this podcast, is to add value. And if anyone ever chooses to work with us, you know, 
um, you know, failure is not an option. If you want to change then you know, myself and the team, we're the people to do that. You know, it's, uh, I believe there's too many people on this earth, Stefan, it's just a little parting shot from me is, and this is what I know we're aligned. Too many people on this earth are suffering, whether it's physically, mentally, confidence, right? And there are tools and strategies to help, mm. you know, and I'm not the finished ticket by any means, you know, but at least I'm in the pursuit of trying to become a better person. Because we all know that when you achieve a, a physical goal, a financial goal, an emotional goal, it's never all it's cracked up to be. Usually it's the pursuit of the goal where the pleasure is made, not the outcome. Because you always set a new bar, whatever it is. When you hit a financial target, okay, what next? 100%. Right, but what me and Stefan are obsessed with is just how can we enjoy the process as much as possible. And my goal is to remove the limitations as much as possible from anyone I love, care, follow about, anyone who chooses, like, to follow me and 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 yeah mate so i know i veered off again as i typically do but um yeah look don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have any questions you know but we're here to help amazing know? kirk thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me